Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, a podcast for all Humana associates. We have amazing stories to tell and learning experiences to offer. We also believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insights into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. I'm Brittany LaMere. And this podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We're looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Join the conversation in our buzz group by visiting go forward slash THL. Also, make sure to text the acronym THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile Thursday morning. Welcome, everybody, to This Humana Life. I am Carmen Pantoja Evans, and I am here with Brittany LaMare and Tara Dolina and our guest, Al Klein. And we're so excited to have him. So, you know, with that, how would you describe the overall mission and goals of your organization you work under or of the organization that you put together through the Mindfulness and Compassion? Yeah, I think it all boils down to service, you know. Uh, so my my mission is just to be the best me that I can be. I want to be the best consultant that I, I can be and, and be that for humanity. It, it may include uh, surveys and metrics and analytics or whatever it might take, um, but we, we have a survey center of excellence that was started, and, and I get to help serve people understand how to listen better through through surveys and analytics, and we do scorecards and analytics, and and uh, and some of them I've been have initiated and been back active actively involved in. But um, there's a big part of me that just loves numbers, and uh, and I love to tell uh, the stories that numbers tell, uh, and I also love the idea of collaborating around the numbers. You know, to 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 find out how we can become better and improve because of what we're seeing in the numbers. Um, but I also love the idea of being agile and helping where your skills are needed. And 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 being a consultant, you go where the energy is. But my 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 Clark Kent mission, you know, mm-hmm. uh, through Humana is, I would eventually like to see Humana sign a compassion charter for 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 being compassionate and uh, having having a new value called being compassionate, right? A mm. value, right? Mm. Um, so, so my vision is let, them, the, uh, let the world know that when you call Humana, you're a person that wants to help with our suffering regardless of the barriers and able to be able to help out. We get, we get hundreds of thousands of calls every day, and I think the difference ultimately is going to be you know, how well were you able to connect? How well were you able to ease someone else's suffering? And 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 for me, that can be quantified, but I think it can also be just really profitable. Well, I was going to say one of my favorite, uh, I guess, humanisms, uh, one of our sales agents um, would always say, humana, putting human at the heart. And that's kind of always stuck with me throughout my interactions, just trying to make sure that we put the member or our other associates 
um, at the heart to help resolve or make something better and make the world a better place than, than how we found it. Um, thanks to the wonderful William Fleming for imparting that wisdom with us uh, several mm -hmm. times. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, my question that I'm really interested to know more about is, you know, what advice would you have given yourself 10 years ago um, as someone entering into the field, you know, mid-career, late-career, what does that look like? Well, one of the hard things to do in corporate America is, is, is the release of expectations. Um, and that's a, that's a Buddhist notion. Um, but we are, we should not be, we should not live our lives to live up to the expectations of another. We should be living our lives because, because we need to live in service. We need to, we need to be able to ask the question, how can I help? Um, and, and centered around all of those uh, truisms is, is not only the golden rule, but the love of enemies. So, so these are, these are things that I've learned over the years and have always had a hard time, you know, transitioning them from, from, from wisdom to, um, to making them part of who I am. But, um, uh, but this whole notion of, of, of expectations, sometimes I think we, 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 we want to put leaders on pedestals uh, because they hold a lot of power um, in our careers. And, uh, and sometimes, and having been a leader um, in other organizations before, um, I don't know if I ever really felt that comfortable um, where people, you know, weren't willing to have a good conversation with you because there was some kind of fear of reprise. Um, and, and I, I don't know if I ever could find that, that safe space to have these kinds of conversations. And, and that, as it turns out, is, is another form of diversity. You know, how do you, how do you put labels aside and how do you have good conversations, uh, regardless of not only your skin color or your religion, but also where you're at in the organization, you know, um, so service will define a trust, um, but compassion will be why members and prospective members will, should choose Humana. Uh, I would like to eventually put a T at the end of Humana and, uh, and, and have Humanity be, be, be our call letters as well. So, so, so whenever you, you act, uh, you know, and you think of the golden rule and you take that small pause to ask yourself, what energy am I receiving and what energy do I choose to put in motion? And ask yourself, am I, am I acting wisely? Can I take a, a brief second to be able to understand that? And, and love of enemies turns out to be the greatest um, opportunity to learn that everybody should should appreciate uh, you, you can define enemies as something in war or someone you're doing battle with or your fiercest competitors or it can be just something from within you where you feel something oppositional and you don't know quite what it is but you're aligned to a certain belief and you just don't want to let go of it and you don't want to grow and and some call this shadow work uh, rather than confronting it will sometimes ask you know 
tell me more, I might be interested, even though the very moral and ethical fiber of how you define yourself is in opposition to everything that you're currently hearing. Um, and as it turns out, there really isn't a true right or wrong. It's just a, a lack of understanding and compassion and listening. And, and, and part of that, part of us feel a need for judgment, laws, unfairness, and, and ethical misconduct. But at the end of the journey, there's really only one that's going to judge us. And, and my belief is that it's going to be an examination of your heart. Beautiful. Um, would you expand a little bit more on what energy am I putting in motion from your, you know, from your perspective? Yeah, just think of, that, yeah. think, think of a situation where uh, you're confronted, right? And, um, and you have a choice, you know, you may be in a meeting and someone says something and maybe it's to push a button. Or maybe somebody says something and you don't, uh, and you fear um, um, being able to speak your voice. Um, and or maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you're out projecting a certain value, and you say this is right because this is this is what a sacred text taught me, and everyone should believe the exact same thing. Every time that energy, uh, just think of it as a swing. You know, you've got your child on a swing and you're pushing the child and you're creating some motion. And on the other side of the swing is the other parent, right? And one of the parents wants it to be really safe and controlled and the other parent wants the child to, to go higher and higher and higher. Um, and, and so there's, there's this equilibrium, there's this balance, there's this understanding that we want to grow and we want to be able to understand, but we don't want to do it where it's going to cause harm. We want to do it in a, in a, in a way that makes good sense. Um, but you first have to start the swing. You have to have the courage to be able to say, um, this is how I feel. And, and then you can build the muscle in terms of what's the most elegant and the least combative way of being able to, uh, to be able to do something like that. Thank you. That makes sense. And so I'm kind of interested to hear, we, we ask this question pretty often, like how do you define success? Yeah, I don't like either one of those words. Um, and and the, the the reason is 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 the word define just by its very nature is is you want to put things in a box. You want to be clear about defining it. Um, and the other one is is success. And success for me is always relative. You know, um, Confucius once said, and, and actually. Bakaru Banzai said it, 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 it as well. <laughs> he said, no matter where you go, there you are. Mm -hmm. um, and, and one that truly believes in the now, um, believes that the now sets the trajectory for the, for the future. Um, but I've rarely gone through very, very many planning or career processes where the plan isn't nearly as important as planning and, and the truth is life is comprised of, of a series of decisions, changes, opportunities in the now. And that more than anything has the greatest bearing on aligning who you are and, and where your values lie. And, and ultimately it's that opportunity that presents itself um, and that trajectory that has probably as much to do with where you go, how you do it, and how you ultimately define success. 
but ultimately success shouldn't be uh, the picket fence or the salary and it shouldn't be how many vacations you take. Uh, those things are very fleeting. Um, success should be an inner quality that says, I am utilizing my talents and my gifts uh, to the maximum so that I can serve. I love it. I've been um, speaking with one of my really good friends back home. Um, she's kind of on her own career journey and we've we've been discussing balancing you know do you, do you take the pay cut but choose to be really happy and broaden your skill set to do something new or do you maintain status quo keep on keep it on so you know with that any advice for you know staying motivated and staying focused on those career goals and the planning piece yeah um if you would have asked me after I graduated from college, you know, would I turn out to be the me I am today, I would say there was probably less than a 1% chance that I could have predicted this. Mm. Um, I think the best thing that I, I would recommend is, number one, always stay true to your heart. And if something doesn't feel right, it's, it's a, there's a good chance it's not resonating with your true authentic self. Um, and if something does present itself, there's, there's, there's a, uh, uh, there isn't a good way of being able to explain this, but there's something called the law of attraction. That once you put a certain energy out, right, um, that you've made a statement, that you were courageous, and, and then all of a sudden someone notices it, right? And, and, and when you act on those things, um, when when you follow that journey, when you follow that path, um, those are the decisions that that help guide your career. Um, and every every little pivot point, every time that you have an opportunity to make a choice, uh, your life ends up being a series of choices, and you have to evaluate. You know what is, what is the wisdom, and how does it align with my authentic self? Um, so. So at the time when these um, opportunities do present themselves, um, the biggest issue is acting on them. You know, it might be I got a I got an email out of the clear blue sky, or someone sends you an instant message, or uh, all of a sudden something just presents itself to say, "Wow, you know, I'd really like to attend that event or find out more about this, that, or the other thing." Um, those probably more than anything, I think, are the ingredients of being able to to not only align, we make good, wise choices along the way, um, but also to not have any regrets. Um, you know, if you look back and you say, "Oh, geez, I wish I would have done this, that, or the other thing," you know, when it happened, um, and if you re really remembered why you did or you didn't choose um, to follow that path. Um, there's probably a, a, a good reason, and then more. Don't live your life in regret. You know, oh, I, I wish I would have done this, that, or the other thing. Uh, well, you didn't, and that's past. So move on, and and look for the next opportunity coming down the road. You know, Al, earlier you said something that resonated with me. It's the plan. The plan is not nearly as important as the planning. And, um, and you know, I, I even wrote down that statement. I could have wrote down a bunch of statements you said because there's been some fantastic ones. But that one, um, it did resonate with me. And, and that uh, 
it you know it's the journey getting there right and the the rights and wrongs or the new paths you might have to take along the way but take them and uh but it just makes me think about you know what with your current work I, is your you know i'm sure you have projects that you have to plan for and and priority projects and services um that you're working on and um that you have to plan for but so what have you identified this year with your work journey or with your mindfulness journey that you're working on? Yeah, well, uh, one of my bigger projects right now is, is TP, the total partnership experience where we measure business partner satisfaction. And and we had done it uh, pretty much. And every year we would make, you know, some some improvements. We would get better every year at telling the story. And then last year there was a big IT reorganization, and and it gave pause to rethink. And the immediate uh, impulse was, well, let's just take the old reliable one and put it on the same path, and 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 see where that gets us. But really, what what it boiled down to was is is we really needed to think, think what is our scope, what is our mission, what are we trying to accomplish, who are we listening to, um, and what do we do we honor um, in terms of their responses and what wise decisions could be made but also story that's being told from the numbers and and are we willing to act need to be done and are we are we ourselves accountable for taking those actions and showing measurable improvement uh, if you do all of the things that we know we need to do and we do them well we'll see improvements if we get sidetracked and and become deprioritized or Somewhere along the line, somebody just didn't understand what the nature of the of the beast is. Um, then, then it loses sight of, of did you did you really accomplish uh, what you set out? You are listening to this Humana Life with co-hosts Tara Delucia, Carmen Pantoja Evans, Brittany Lemaire, and our special guest. Be sure to text THL to two three nine. 355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile or share with us on Yammer at go slash THL. Uh, the, the biggest reason survey is, is your objective isn't clear and you, you didn't get your stakeholders buy in to what your scope was, mm. right? So, so if you're, if you've been given a task and you go ahead and do it and you don't comfortable about being able to to not only ask all of the questions to make sure that you're clear but also get your approval get the approval from from the stakeholder or the decision maker to say okay here's our plan are you okay with it um, and and it's it's a journey I mean it, it expect resistance expect different opinions on this and be agile in terms of, of what it is to be able to uh, to satisfy your customer but but at the at the end of the game, you can you can show them what the best, and you can share where they be able to improve. But ultimately, it turns out to be this relationship between your work and the work of the person that you're that you're, you're is supervising you or been tasked to come up with an answer to a question. And do you feel comfortable that the answer you got ultimately answered the question that you sought? Interesting. It's going to make me look at the surveys I create. Um, a little bit closer. Uh, what part of your job do you personally find the most satisfying or mm. most challenging or maybe even the least satisfying? 
Well, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, what I, I love to serve, and and consulting is a great way um, to ask questions and 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 feeling comfortable that 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 you're um, in that space of trying to understand and and to be able to help. Um, I, I love to encourage people to be a better version of themselves. I find that very satisfying. Um, I can't really relate to challenging myself as much these days, but I am very much aware of my polarity and and honoring this this energy um, on the other side of the conversation that may or may not be present. So even though um, uh, I'll feel comfortable in a conversation where everybody agrees and you can kind of tell that there probably isn't as much diversity in the conversation that where it needs to be sometimes it's it's important to invite those perspectives into the conversation even if they don't personally align with you just to start you know thing you know what what another perspective or another view of this might look like um i i really what i what i find most uh most challenging is 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 people not being patient right um and and there's this and everything needs to be done you know, right now even though in the long term uh, you may have made a good short-term decision, but not a good long-term decision. Um, so, so knowing that that not everybody is in that space, and knowing that someone may not be uh, in your eyes making the right decision, but as long as you voiced it and you've come to an agreement that this is the best course of action, um, then it's a learning experience, and and you have to open yourself up to the fa fact that someone else might be wrong but you might also set up yourself up to the fact that i might be wrong and mm -hmm. and honor whatever that happened as a learning opportunity and if you look at, you can look at it at, from that perspective you turn you, you tend to be bulletproof and 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 i find one of the the things i find least satisfying too is how easy it is for us to put labels on people and I'm not just talking about diversity, um, but but someone will may have done something, and um, you know, and all of a sudden, oh, that's that guy that does this. Well, everybody is much more complex and deeper, and has so many different um, perspectives on things. We are all such unique individuals, and we all have so many varying degrees of perspectives on on any issue uh, that to put anybody into a box to me is is one of the challenges so so one of the things i had heard within the last couple of years is is the greatest act of diversity is refusing to be labeled uh, you know you say these things and there's like this silence of just processing it really i'm taking notes too like carmen and just kind of thinking through some of the things that are being said, just this awesome stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say, so with that, it, it seems like you've really, you've done your due diligence and your research to take on these new perspective, perspectives and to constantly be thinking about how you're viewing something, how somebody else 
Do you have any, um, you know, books or resources that have been particularly impactful um, throughout your journey? Yeah, the one that uh, that kind of started me on on my journey was uh, Gary Zukov's uh, Seed of the Soul, and um, and I saw him on Oprah once, and I wasn't a big fan necessarily of Oprah at the time. Um, but he was having conversations with some people that were livid on a particular topic, and they were very passionate about it. Why can't everybody in the world see the world through my eyes? And he just very calmly looked at the situation, detached himself, invited the other person to detach themselves, and look at the situation for really what it is. I that got me thinking about who I was and who I wanted to be, but also how I observed myself um, and what I thought of me. And every time I would have this, uh, you know, some author would say this or some, you know, I, the Dalai Lama came to town. And I thought, oh, the Dalai Lama will be here and that will, that will catch fire. And, and what I've learned is, is, is most of these events are just, pieces of the journey along the way. Um, and and they, they very rarely um, consume um, everything about you to redefine who you are. So there's, there's, there's many people with uh, and, and, and wonderful scripts that possess uh, wisdom and great people that have wisdom, but, but so much of the wisdom is relevant to where you are right now. Um, yeah, there are some absolute pieces of wisdom that I feel all faiths agree upon and should be present and should be that 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 wisdom that always that you should always consider bouncing it off. And one of them for sure is the golden rule. And and that thing has so much depth. It is so simple, but it is so difficult. <laughs> uh, you know, if you really if you really drill down and and at the heart of all that is that notion of the swing and Newton's law of motion. It's it's like, you know, um, I'm going to do something and um, I'm going to set that in motion. But then you ask yourself, well, what what if the reverse was true, um, and how would I be perceived? And 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 in mindfulness, things happen in a split second. I mean, less than a split second. A, a second is an eternity. In mindfulness, it's the difference between um, how how fast the synapses of your brain go to recall an event and your behavior versus creating a new one, a new path, and and taking the time to breathe and taking the time to look at that or to to bounce it up against some absolute wisdom um, may seem like an eternity at the time, and it may provoke uh, the opposing force where they're expecting some kind of an immediate response. That is a set of patterns that maybe they've, they've grown accustomed, you know, from you. Um, all of a sudden you're not providing it, you know, and you have a little bit of space and now it causes the other person to create a little bit of space. And it's just that small amount of time um, where, where you get a chance to, to rethink who you are or to set new new ideas in, in motion. Um, I, I see the creator much more in nature and the laws of physics and nature and physiology than I probably do in sacred texts. 
and, and Newton's law and the golden rule are at the top of my list. You know, I'm sitting here thinking how when I'm sitting around the dinner table, um, like I bet sitting around the Klein's dinner table is some interesting conversation where I'm just talking about how much the price of eggs are or how, how, <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure that the, the information that you, that um, I'm sure that you always have some um, fantastic words to share, words of knowledge to share while sitting around the dinner table and some deep conversations. And I just, it just, it's, it's really, um, you know, it's it's really interesting everything you say, and it's just it makes makes me want to develop a little bit more into uh, or grow a little bit more in understanding some of these these other um, purposes and and theories and styles and so forth. And um, you know, so a few other questions I know we still have, but it just makes me wonder. You know, what is a story that you don't get to tell often enough? It's, it's the one about my grandfather that you mentioned before on music. Um, and that's the first time, I think that's the first time somebody really asked me how meaningful music was to me. And uh, so my dad dies when I'm, when I'm two and, and, and his dad um, ended up being, uh, you know, my, my mom remarried to uh, my stepfather who I didn't like, it wasn't very kind. But my my grandfather was was very influential, and I I was lucky because his house was on the way home from school, and I could stop by and I could escape um, some of that pain. And he would tell me stories and and thoughts he he wouldn't even share with his own children and I was grandchild. So I so I, I always felt like that was just a really valuable um, time where he would. Uh, the thing about my grandfather, he was so curious. Um, he was older, but um, he just never stopped learning, and he always wanted to learn, and I think that's also really important. Um, he also was really skilled at asking great questions. You know, you hear about, you know, the art of the open-ended question, and, and how do you get people to talk, you know, so that they can speak their mind. He was he was really good at at knowing the right question, but also listening, but but more than anything, it, it gets to back to that music thing. Um, he he and his wife, um, his his original wife died, and he remarried. But um, they just loved music, and we could we would sit around and and just play, you know. And and time would lose there. It would be timeless. There would be you would an hour would go by, and you would think it was a minute. And uh, and so now, whenever I, I I sing a song or I find that magic place and I, and I appreciate music. Um, it's that story of, of being with my grandfather in that space that was just all of our own. And, uh, and I don't know how to describe it other than um, he set the gold standard for me. Well, I'm just glad your grandfather, um, was present for you um, after your dad passed and, and sound like just has really made an impact on you and then the question Brittany had earlier about music and how it meant something to you and and you had a statement even earlier that it's a magic place where it is where I wrote it down the magic place where it is just you and the song and there mm -hmm. is that magic place that little moment of 
just you and the song and nothing else. So, yeah, when you're in that mindful space, whether or not it's it's induced by music or just a great thought or whatever, maybe it's that great question, and you're you're around the fan, you know, the dinner table, and you're listening. Um, to me, that's that's when a creator pulls up a chair mm-hmm. and uh, and smack dab in the middle of all that stuff when you have these different conversations that are that come from a place of pure love and and kindness um there is this energy that pervades and you can you can pick up on it because it, once somebody's in that space you feel obliged to be in that same space and that's it for this episode you can share with us on buzz at go forward slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239-355. We want to thank you for spending time with us this week. We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others. 